This week's Death of the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, is Paul Whiteside. Are you hiding from someone, Paul? No, someone moved then. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm all right, mate. Thank you. I didn't expect that. But yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, looking forward to the show, mate. There's plenty going on. And uh, looking forward to Old Car on Friday. Should be good. Yeah, we've got, uh, obviously, Parky back on the show after a couple of weeks' absence. How have you been, Parky? Yeah, very good. Yeah, I've been celebrating uh, my wife's 40th. So we were up on the islands of Scotland, which was uh, beautiful, if a little bit cold. Um, so unfortunately, I missed I missed Huddersfield. Uh, or was, should that be fortunately? I'm not I'm not 100% sure about that. But uh, no, it's good to be back. Looking forward to this week now. Uh, I, was just, I was just watching Paul, then I saw a shadow behind him and I got... <laughs> yeah, myself. Um, yeah, no, it's good to, good to be back and... You know, I think it's uh, enough to go out again this week, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that. He's being filmed here. We're going to see Paul get massacred <laughs> in the, on film. <laughs> Thankfully, Paul didn't happen. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had a, I've had, I've had a good week. Uh, I guested on the uh, Red Robin podcast, which is the Hokie R podcast. Uh, nice set of lads. Good banter. Uh, trying not to mention the Million Pound Miracle too many times. Uh, but yeah, they were they were a good set of lads and a good chat too. Bit of a psychological battle. Early Parker uh, talking to the lads. Yeah, um, it's a strange relationship with Hokie R, isn't it? We've had, uh, had a few ding-dongs in recent years with them and... Uh, yeah, I, I I don't I've not had a chance to listen to it, so uh, I'll have to I'll have to have a listen later on, see what they've got to say for themselves. Were they were they confident? Are they how are they feeling coming? Yeah, hey Bell, yeah. they, they were confident, but obviously, like you say, it's uh, they they were hearted by the old military miracle. He only mentioned it a couple of times. You can see the sweat dripping off the foreheads every time I kind of mentioned it. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be a good game. I had a good chat with them, and uh, it's well worth a listen. Um, good set of lads, good uh, good rugby league banter. So. Lots to go on this week's uh, show. Uh, we're going to look back at the Huddersfield uh, defeat. Uh, we're going to look at all the big news coming out of the club this week. We've got Paul's uh, report of what's going on in the amateur scene and the rest of the, the rugby league world. Then we're going to preview the whole Kiar game on Friday night. So we're going to start with the uh, Huddersfield defeat uh, last weekend. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford went down to defeat 34 points to two, uh, Paul, against Huddersfield Giants. What did you make of it? Obviously, defeat uh, against Ian Watson, our ex-coach, uh, you know, does sting a bit. Uh, but, you know, what did you think? Well, the Ian Watson thing didn't bother me. I think it was more the performance, Rob. Um, mm. I think we got beat in every department. I think we got beat up. I think if it had been a boxing match, they'd chuck the towel in at half-time because it was just like men against boys. I think... We we found I found like the thing that I took from the game was our pack of fours just wasn't big enough. We just got bullied all over all over the field, and um, they just seemed to make so much ground. Chris Hill had an absolute great game for them. Um, so yeah, it, it was disappointing. It was disappointing really, and Huddersfield showed that they're, they're a good side. One thing I, I took from the game was Huddersfield were very very organised. Um, a very very organised team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out saying they was going to win the championship and that, but they were very organised. They played the game really well. The the Keegan game was good, and yeah, we we were never in in the contest really. To be honest with you, and it was a disappointing day, really disappointing day. But um, but yeah, 
I don't know whether it's an, an easy fix for us, really. I'm, it's, the, it's the pack of forwards for me that we're struggling with. Yeah, I think Huddersfield have put the squeeze on, didn't they? Mm. And we just couldn't deal with their size. Too big, too quick, too strong, too clever at times as well, which which was was a thing. We had no ball, we had no territory. And it's obviously it was frustrating for, for Paul Rowley. He spoke about in his in his pre-match press post-match press conference, he spoke to you as well. Well Dinny Paul will hear that in a, in a couple of minutes. He was frustrated with that. But he was happy with his his team's performance. That you know they, they never gave up. The Reds didn't never never went down. They tackled uh, till the till the uh, you know till a standstill and I thought really the Huddersfield for them that was peak performance their performance top meters they've ever made uh top carries they've ever done so when you factor that into the the score line uh, it wasn't that bad i don't, I don't know you can, you can say that can't you but i think it's like paul Rowley said it was one of those games where it, it, we started on the on the back foot really i think we didn't touch the ball for like five or ten minutes and, and you can't win matches when you don't have the ball and i heard some people saying well we've got all these backs and we couldn't do this we couldn't do that but you can't you can have the best back line in the world. You can have the Australian Test back line. If you've got no pack to make the ground for you and make the territory, you've got to earn the right to play. And to, to me, we, we just couldn't do it. I don't think it was a lack of effort. I don't think it was a lack of effort at all. I think we just got schooled a bit, really. There, it's just a, just a worrying thing for me. And then you see us sending half the team out on loan um, to other clubs, and you're thinking we've not got a very big squad anyway. So I don't understand that. But but no, I, I think all credit to Watto and the credit to Huddersfield. I think they played really well. And whether they can keep that that sort of um, progress up every week, that sort of level of, of play every week, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm more concerned about Salford. And, and there's, I won't say we're ringing alarm bells quite yet, but I think we need to change our tactics. I don't think I don't think that's right, Paul. I think obviously, if you look at the games we've lost, uh, we've been down to twelve men um, against Hull FC. We went down to twelve men against Huddersfield as well, and obviously. Huddersfield put the squeeze on us, and it is one of them. I I don't think there's 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 much change needed. I just think they need to just get down, you know, to business, concentrate, play the sets out, and if the pass is on, make it. And that and that's what Paul Rowley does. That's his philosophy, and that's what the team's going to do. Okay. Well, can I? I mean, I wasn't there on 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 Sunday. I can't can't comment on that. I was I was at home. And it appears to me that the same problems are, are happening. Just a, just a few things I've looked up today on, on the Super League stats. Um, for some reason, it doesn't include Toulouse, but um, we make the most errors in the league. Well, if you're going to keep making errors, you're going to be under the cosh more than, than, than not, which is why Huddersfield clearly made all the metres and de- everything else, all the carries. We On, on that, we were something like... Uh, last on tackle busts, last on meters, uh, last on clean breaks. We give away the fourth amount of penalties. I mean, you know, th- these all add up. You put them all into one one thing. That's why you get performances like we got at Hull. And from what I can read, and, and you know, I've read Twitter from people who I respect, who, who gave their opinion on the game. And, and it appears to me that, that we're making the same errors every week. We're overplaying at times. We, the control of the ball, just going back to the whole game, they weren't time to put the ball on the ground. It was embarrassing. First tackle or something like that. It's like they couldn't pass to each other. Now, I don't know if that was the same on Sunday. I can't comment on that. But but looking at the stats, that's the way it seems. That We just don't... We're not controlling things and making it easy for ourselves. We're giving the ball away, making errors and giving penalties away. 
well, you're going to be on the back foot. You're not going to get enough ball. You're not going to score points. We didn't score a point. We didn't score a try on Sunday. That's unacceptable. Unless the opposition are only getting one try as well. Do you know what I mean? When they've gone off and got 30-odd points, it's not enough. And one other interesting, well, stat for me was we've got three players um, uh, in the top 10 of Eremikas this season. And one of them is the top one. Which is which is odd, and considering one of the loans we've just let happen, uh, I don't know. I don't know where the pressure is. Um, but but the three three players in the t- in the top ten of errors already at this season. Something's got to change. But we need you know. But the, again, this week, them same three players are in the team. Right. So for me, something's got to change. Like Paul said, something's got to change. Um, whether it's our style of play, whether it's personnel, just not it's not working. I don't know, but there's clearly something there now in the last two games that's that's not happening. I know we're not making enough meters. I can see that myself. I can see missed tackles. I can see drop balls. But whether there's more more to it, you know, technically at a coachable spot, I don't know. But um, that 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 score line, I, w- I wasn't surprised we got beat off Huddersfield. I wasn't surprised we got beat off Hull. At all, not not one bit. They're both away games. You know, you've got to travel. Everything else, it, it's more the manner of defeat. Um, I was kind of hoping that this season we wouldn't see that. Um, and with Paul Rowley at the helm, you expect a team to fight, and uh, they're two blowaway scores, and we can't have too many of them this season. So, but you know, this is this week. Obviously, going to be the chance to put it all right. Yeah, lost a process uh, for Paul Rowley. And here he is now, talking to, to Paul after the match. Coach's Corner. I should be joined by Paul Rowley. Another tough afternoon, Paul. wasn't a lack of effort with the side, the two sides. I think you come up against a real tough Huddersfield side that just did the business on you, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did what we knew they would do. And, uh, you know, they, they, they're... they're probably a lot further ahead in the journey than we are in ours so uh, all the stats uh, in Super League they're either first or second in which is territory possession um, you know no missed tackles they're just a really good clean team uh, very much play like St Helens do uh, get you up down in your own corners and, and beat you up for a little bit so uh, they did that for pretty much 80 minutes uh, doesn't help when we get off to a real and I said bad start. We actually put our shoulder in and looked really good. And then on the fourth tackle or something like that, we get pinged for a set of six, which was which is ridiculous really. And then penalty and a re- and a and a dropout. So you know, I think we did about seven or eight minutes on our line defending. So it, you know that that set the tone for the game really. So we weren't able to stay in the arm wrestle long enough. They did it better than us, and, and that probably sums it up. You seem to get pinged by a lot of them set restarts as well, especially in the first half, and didn't have a lot of yeah. possession. How frustrating is that for you as a coach? Yeah, it's a grey area, and, and, and what you'll find is most home teams will get most set restarts. So I think we've been... I, I don't think we've had any favours in any game, even though games we've won. Um, and, and this was no different. I thought we, there were loads of set resets we could have had. Uh, and we got one in the 77th minute. That was it for the entirety of the game, which at that point really couldn't care less if we get one or not so um you know we got we got a player simbin because in the feedback that we'd had too many restarts against us that we restart number four so that again that's a rule i always thought that you got put on a team warning before they, they give you the simbin that, that rule went a long time ago so this is just a, a new rule that 
I don't know, they made it up for today, I think. Paul, you've got Old Kingston Rovers coming to Salford on, on Friday night. Do, do you learn anything in defeat today? And you don't seem as mm. as angry as I thought you might be. Do you, no. do you see there's this your side, your side are playing it tough, aren't they? But uh, yeah. are you seeing any signs of improvement? Anything you can work on in the week? Uh, well, I'm not angry at all because um, it is what it is. We know we know where we're at, so we don't accept where we're at. Mm. So uh, everyone knows, you know, everyone puts down for the, the relegation fight. So we don't suddenly think we're a top two team by any means, but we know and we have belief within our camp so uh and, so, and that's what sport is so we've got to go every week like we, we want to win and we'll prep to win and we'll do our best to, to win every single game we take part in uh that won't happen though we know that so however i'm i'm I'm, go- I'm going to be very protective of the players this week in particular because it was different than last week the uh we didn't get caught by surprise we got caught by a landslide of territory and possession that i don't think well, you, you, it would have took a, a pretty impressive team to to uh, you know to be able to deal with that amount of possession against them and territory. So uh, I, I thought the boys were scrambling and, and still trying in defence as though it were nil nil right until the last minute. Detail in attack uh, was off. Decision making in attack was off. Uh, but again, when you've been gassed for 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 eighty minutes, uh, you, you know fatigue makes cowards of us all, as they say. Um, we, we made some bad choices in attack, but um, they're the easier ones to fix. Uh, the the resilience, the attitude, they're very tough to fix. So, um, you know, I'm I'm right behind the players there in in that, you know, they, they they tried their hardest and um, give a good account of themselves in terms of putting the body where it hurts and and, and you know and, and 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 going to war for us really. And that's what that's what we always say. That'll be our minimum standard. That we'll 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 go out there and and give hundred percent and. 100% think they did that. Um, it's ugly at times with the ball, but we didn't have a lot for it to be ugly. So is it fair to say the foundations are there, Paul? Well, they're always there. It's a part of a journey. That's we know where we're at. So we'll try to change the culture of the club here, and uh, and so in that respect, it's uh, it's it's a the, the club's moving in positive ways. Um, the club's a better a better place than it was uh, and you need to be around the club and in the club to, to, to see that and so so we don't we don't waver and we don't doubt what we're about and uh, we just keep working hard and and making sure that mentally we stay resilient and stay upbeat and, and look to what's next all the time because this is a rocky road that we're we're running on and and, and it'll be it'll get no smoother as as the season goes on it's a, it's a tough battle this Super League and uh, so, so being being positive and being mentally tough, whilst also being honest and realistic, is is key. So we'll always give a fair and honest assessment of ourselves. Um, but but we've got to you, you can't dwell. You've got to move on real quick uh, and keep working hard and keep having belief. No Tim Lafayette today. Was that an injury problem he's got? Yeah, pulled up injured. So we had a little bit of adversity, but. Um, again, no dramas. That's not even worth mentioning. How's Greg Burke as well? Yeah, he failed his HIA, so he won't recover for... He, he obviously can't do the short turnaround now for OKR as well, so that's Greg missing. So it's unfortunate for Greg, because he's been really good. Thanks very much for speaking to us, Paul. Good luck against OKR next Friday, mate. Ta. So that was Paul Riley talking to you, Paul, and he said it was a tough uh, lesson learned uh, from his team. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I know a few things were put out on social media from people who sort of said he was pleased with it. I won't go into detail, but and he got some supporters back to him, but he wasn't, I don't think he was pleased with it. I think 
you can sometimes listen to a coach in a press conference and I don't know, you, you need to look in his eyes, I think, and he was disappointed with that performance. So I wouldn't read into that, you know, what people are saying, oh, he was chuffed with it. He wasn't at all. Um, it, was, it was a difficult afternoon for us. And and yet, I, I don't know. I just think in, in the game, just going back to what you were both saying there, I mean, I don't think you can hear me now. I've moved places because my internet was shocking. I was there to get freezing. But I thought the first contact in that game against Huddersfield was poor. We had forwards taking the ball and they were getting pushed back. You know, big forwards as well. They weren't making ground. And the first contact in defence was soft. So if you're doing that, you're allowing another team to get on the front foot, quick play the ball. You've got to get in there and soften them up a bit. And for me, my dad said to me after the, on Monday when he phoned me, he said, do you know what, Paul? He said, I don't think we're aggressive enough. We haven't got any big aggressive forwards in there. We're too soft. And I don't know whether that that's the case. I'm not too, Obviously, you don't want to be too aggressive where you're giving penalties away. But you need to be tough in the contact and the tackle, turn teams over, make it hard for them. You know, and when you're taking that ball and you need to rip roll forward with that ball, we played Hull and Huddersfield there, and I think we've been beat up. We've been beat up in the pack big time. You talk about being beat up, Paul. We had a, a lot of s- sort of set restarts as well. So mm. I do kind of take, you know, that we do need to be a bit, maybe a bit more aggressive in in the tackle. But if we're getting pinged for set restarts, we can't afford to absorb, uh, you know, set after set after set. Because, like you said on on Sunday, it shows what happens when you have to do that. No, I don't mean it. Like, I mean, I thought Huddersfield were aggressive. I thought they bullied us, um, and they didn't give loads of penalties away. I, I don't think I'm not having a go at the referee. I don't think the referee got everything bang on. I mean, Paul Rowley said that. I mean, he gave us one set restart with three minutes to go. And give us a couple of penalties to even it up. We tend to do that. And, and Paul was right when he said that, you know, when you're the home side, you do tend to get a few more penalties, you know, the crowds on the back. And I can understand that. I'm not I'm not fussed about that. But no, I was surprised with it. Like I said before, I'm not having a go at the players and saying there's a lack of effort there. There just seems to be a lack of application from us. I mean, Mark Sneed, you know, a couple of his kicks, I think he didn't make touch. We've not been in the other field half for about half an hour. We get in there, we get a penalty and he fails to make touch. I mean that that's concentration. It's skewed by mistakes. Yeah. The kind of thing that put you on the back foot. Concentration is key, uh, Parker. I'd say to to flip it over though, Max, they did make a kickoff uh, towards the back end of the game, which sort of bounced out of play and gave us a scrum. We failed to score from it, but it shows there's sort of yin and yang in both. You can make errors, but then you can make magic happen. Yeah, going back to the, the Paul Rowley interview, um from from what I've personally heard. And then what? What people have the headlines that have been given that he was, he was happy, you know, the positives and all that of the game. I, I'm, I'm not 100 percent what people expect him to come out and say in, in a, after a game like that. Emotions are high anyway. But if he comes out and completely tears one into his his team, it's not going to do anyone any favors. If he does that in the pub in public, what he did on mon- on Monday morning in training. Well, I'll guarantee it would have been a very different thing. Yeah. Um, them lads would have known what 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 he was let down about, what he was disappointed about. He's got to come out in front up. He's got to say something about his place. Coming out and telling everybody, telling the whole rugby league world that we were absolutely rubbish and that was a disgrace isn't going to do anyone any good. So what he's not going to do with that. We got you know you don't get taken away by headlines that journalists may uh, may may make up or whatever. Take out of context. Whether he did see any positives, I doubt. I doubt greatly. I really do. I know he said about the 
you know, we try to stay in the game. We we defended for our lives and things like that. Conceding 30 odd points, that's not defending for your life, I'm afraid. But he had to come out and say something. So, you know, on, on that point, that's it. But I do agree with Paul. From what I've seen, we're not aggressive. We're not a big, we know we're not a big physical team, but we're not, we don't seem to put our shoulder in as much as other teams. We don't, we don't tackle harder than other teams. And that's, that's something that we, we're going to have to learn to do. And then, you know, it, it is a problem having a small pack. But we knew that at the start of the year. You know, we, we, we've got to be that little bit more aggressive, perhaps. The, the penalties we do give away, they're not, for, they're not for stupid things. They're not for putting in a massive shot and missing and taking someone's head off. They are for lying on. They are for, you know, not getting onside and, and things like that. Just work that little bit harder. Just make them that extra 1%. We, we're going to have to. We're not as good as most teams in this league. And I'm still not, even though, I, you know, I will bag them for the last two performances, as far as I can see. At the start of the season, I expected us to finish probably third or fourth bottom. If we don't, if we finish higher than that, magnificent. Well done, boys. We finish below that, we could be in trouble. We haven't moved anywhere yet. In these first four games, if I'm honest, I probably thought we'd win one. We've won two. So it's like the head of where I thought we were anyway. Mm. So I'm not going to get carried away with, oh, this is rubbish, Roll is doing, not doing this, the, the players aren't doing that. But we've got to find a way of fixing it. We've got to get a couple of big lads into this squad. And if that means other players are going to have to go, then, you know, then th that's the way it's going to have to be. Um, but like Paul, I know we'll talk about it later. I'm a little bit surprised at letting players go out and load in, in the, the manner we have. But, that's that's up to that's up to the club, but um, no, just it's disappointing when you you listen to fans when they come away from the game, and they, especially after the Huddersfield game, because they we, they've gone there with a bit of expectation. You know, we have had a, a fairly okay start to the season. The OK the OFC game, you could go well, that's that's a blip, but it's not. Now it's two games, and then it becomes you know slightly worrying. That means this week we've put ourselves under a hell of a lot of pressure. Because you've got to win your home games. You have got to win your, get your own games, Parker. You're not wrong there. Uh, looking at the stats, uh, Paul, from, from the game against Huddersfield, Ken Seal made 75 metres. Uh, Sitaleka Akawala made 50. Danny Addy made 58. Jack Armanroyd, 66. And 8 out of 10, Matty Costello made 82. So that sort of tells the story when you're, you've probably, your players aren't getting over 100. Yeah, without signalling people out, there's a few forwards there to me that need to pull the socks up. Um, who I've been disappointed in this season. I think for me, King Vonnyayo has been our best forward. I think he's been a real solid signing. But there's one or two others that need to need to step up really because uh, they, they're not been doing the business. Um, so yeah, you can tell there by the meters made. We, we're not, we're not, we're not doing it there. And I know we've only got a small pack, but we only had a small pack and played Cass. You know, I don't think we can go toe to toe with teams ramming up the middle. We've got to do something different. We've got to be mobile. We've got to go round teams. And if that's what we've got to do, that's what we've got to do. So um, so we'll have to see how that goes against all car because they've got some big forwards as well. But but yeah, I think in, I think the backs have worked well this season. I think Ken Seo's been good. Um, you know, Matt Steen's been, been all right. But I think in the forwards, I think there's a, there's a few of them there who need to, uh, to step up and uh, improve. Yeah. 
Top tacklers, Andy Ackers, 30. Shane Wright, 32. Elijah Taylor, 46. Danny Addy, 36. Elijah Taylor, uh, Parky leading the, the tackling charts again. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. That's that's what he does, doesn't he? He just he works and he works and he works. And that you, you can't ask for more than that. Um, but I, I, strangely enough, looking at the score and the lack of ball we had, I'm surprised that there weren't more tackles. Uh, we must have spread them out a little bit because um, I, I would have expected players to be doing 50s plus in, in a game like that because if you're under that much pressure, you know, we had so few restarts in their half or even played the balls in their 20. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, Elijah Taylor, you know what you're going to get. He puts his shirt on and he puts his shift in and that's that's what you, that's all you can ask for. Um, and everybody else has got to follow his example as a as skipper. And um, I, I hope this week they've, you know, they've all sat down and had a chat and said, let's not let this happen again. Um, and, and take the pressure off some of them players who do all the tackling. Somebody else, you know, get get your name in them stats because uh, you're going to burn again like last year. You can end up burning Taylor out and, and, and a couple of others doing all that work. Yeah, I could go through all the three word match reports and man of the matches, but we've had a game probably since then. So it's not really much uh, much point, really. Uh, Elijah Taylor got the most uh, votes. So marking down Parkey as, as, as three points on, on the uh, Devil in the Detail 3 with Match Reports, Man of the Matches award. Um, and uh, obviously we'll move on. Uh, Paul, hopefully bigger and better things in the next few weeks. Yeah, that's all. So, I mean, I think we need to give wraps to, uh, to Elijah Taylor. I think for me, he's one of the only players that came out of that game on Sunday with... With any sort of kudos, really, I thought he worked his socks off, and, and, and as you can tell there from his stats, you can tell by the man when he comes off. But I think people do need to follow, like Pag said, needs to follow his example. You can't, you can't afford to let other people do all the work. You know, we're a team. We, we've got to, uh, we've got to follow his his lead, and I think we've got to put that work in and get that defence going for this this Friday against Okar. We need to really work because Tony Smith's going to bring that side, and they like to throw the ball about. They're full of confidence, and we can't afford to lose another game, really. Yeah, looking at all the other teams uh, that have played this week, uh, so for Red Devils, the under-18s, Parky faced Wakefield. They had nine uh, Welsh lads in the uh, the, the team, uh, which shows how good the uh, the Welsh connection is going for us. Nine? Wow. Yeah. Nine um, Welsh lads. That's a, yeah, that's that's phenomenal, really, isn't it? Um, I, yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that. I thought there was only going to be two or three in the, in the, whole, in the whole squad, but uh, that's good to see. Great. You know, again, you, well, you know my opinions on on, on getting the lads from Wales, um, and it's long overdue. And hopefully, you know, a bit more experience. And uh, next year, we can see maybe one or two of these making it into a, into a first-team squad. Yeah. Uh, the reserves... They played Dolph City Roots as well, and they played Hull FC and went down 42 points to 20. Escare and Sam luckily played for the reserves. I thought I went and watched this game. Uh, I thought it was a good game. I thought uh, standout players for Sofa were Chris Worrell, Jack Stevens, and Jacob Lee. I thought them lads, you know, gave you know a good. Uh, they were fighting up with battle. Let's be fair. All did keep my arm's length, but I think Danny Barton, you know, would have been. Sort of, let's say, I wouldn't say, sort of happy with the effort they put in. I'm sure they'd, they'd learn uh, a lot from that game, and uh, they'll be be looking uh, for for better performances, and more wins uh, in the future, Paul. Yeah, uh, can, can we talk about the loan signings while we're on that? Because I know we're going to talk about that in the news later. But what I can't understand is why we're shipping people out alone when we've got a reserve team. 
you know, because Morgan Escalade is playing for the reserves there. Now, next week, he's going to be playing for Wakefield, who are our rivals, who are down in, in the bottom of the table. So, we're strengthening a rival, sending him there to get his own bad habits when he could be playing in our reserves with our youngsters. I thought that was the whole idea of having a reserve team. I don't get that. Well, I think the reserve team is is, a, is good, but is it, are the players, maybe one couple, maybe two players in that reserve team that could maybe step up and do a 20-minute shift in, in mm. Super League. Do, do I think that there's going to be a conveyor belt straight away from the reserve team into our Super League side? Probably not. But it's it's a learning curve for them and they'll grow with it. And maybe this year, maybe next year, after a sort of a year of experience, then they might develop into, into a sort of a, a, a Super League squad kind of player. And I, and I do I do understand sort of your frustrations that we, we've we've sent Morgan Escaray out on loan and and, and not letting play in our reserve. And I suppose for, for me, he wasn't really that. He was he did a lot of running about, but he wasn't massively impressive on on um, on on Sunday. But he is he is playing sort of in the reserves grade, and sometimes some players, Paul, need better players around them to make them look to make them shine more than they do. Yeah, I understand that. I just don't get why we we we're strengthening Wakefield. Yeah. Um, I, I would have. I don't know. It just seems strange to me how we've we've shipped four players out on loan when we've got a really small squad. You know, it, it just seems a strange decision. Um, I don't want Wakefield to start winning matches. I want him to stay below us in the table. So if he has a, if he has a great game against Toulouse and scores an hat trick, I mean, I don't know. It just it just frustrates me a bit. I spoke to Paul Rowley about it, and he said it was a club decision. Uh, parking for Morgan Escaray to to go to Wakefield. Well, I, I've just some something's just kind of triggered there. I mean, I, it appears to me that maybe Morgan, more than the other players, isn't in Paul Rowley's plans. Fair play, you know, you get that when you get a new manager. Certain players don't, you know, they just don't mix with with, with managers. Um, what we've done with him now is we've sent him to Wakefield. Again, I agree with Paul. I think it's a bit of a crazy idea, especially with a you know, winnable game coming up for him. Um, uh, but what we've done, we've put him in a shop window. Hmm. Rather than him being forgotten about in the reserves and other clubs not getting to see him, if, if we want him off the books, um, we could do with, you know, maybe his wages going elsewhere, like bringing in a couple of big forwards. Um I think the club are trying to do that, and and it, it seems that maybe Wakefield might need a fullback. You don't know, but I know Toulouse definitely do. Mm. And he's playing against Toulouse. Wait, is it? Is there a? You know, am I reading too much into that? I don't know. Um, but with, with the reserves, I agree with Paul. I'd rather see the other lads. I don't. I, I don't want to go on because we're going to talk about the lone lads. But I'd rather see him in the reserves than than going out elsewhere. But that's, you know, that's, like you say, club decision, Paul Rowley's decision, and we, we, we just have to go with that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I hope the reserves get used correctly because it, it is going to be that, that little bit of a sounding board, I suppose, to see who, who can take that step from being an under-18s player into the first team. But these kids will need good players around them or, or senior players to, to help them develop. And rather than just letting players go out on loan, Stick him in there with them, and then everybody wins. But that's you know we we, we can talk about that later on. But uh, yeah, no, I mean it's just uh, he's a, he's a tricky one for the club, really. 
Yeah. Let's talk about the positive news, though. Uh, Salford Red Devils ladies, they faced Wakefield uh, and won 20 points to 16. Uh, Paul, great result uh, for the ladies there, beating a Super League side. Yeah, yeah, we, we spoke about this on, on Sports Zone, didn't we, on Sunday night? Great, great bit of news. And um, yeah, it's, you know, we, we were saying the other week, they'd only just played the first game against Swinton. That is the first game that the club has ever played, you know, the ladies' team has ever played. Then they run Wigan close, who were an established Super League side, and, and were unlucky. Then they've got to beat a Super League side in only the second game. So I think they deserve an awful lot of credit. And those ladies now must be absolutely sort of buzzing. For, this, for that championship, for those fixtures to come out. I mean, I, I know they're only playing friendlies, and I'm not being disrespectful saying they're just friendlies, but next season, they're going to be playing in the league with fixtures, league table, and all the excitement that that brings. So uh, so they must be absolutely buzzing for it. And uh, no, great, great for the club as well. All the hard work that's been put in by everybody in the club um, to, to put the ladies together and the ladies themselves who are in the squad. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, you see it all over social media. They're, they're buzzing. They're absolutely buzzing for it. It's so positive. And it puts the club, the club in such a good light. So I'm absolutely delighted for him. Yeah. Wakefield took the lead with a, a try from Libby Priestley. Salford it back with a try from Captain Louise Fellingham. Uh, goal was kicked by Demi Jones and it tied the scores up. Wakefield went over just before half-time with a try from Lisa Taylor. And that made the score 12-6 Wakefield at half-time. But then Salford came out the second half, Parky, uh, and, and played you know some really good rugby. Lucy McKeown. Scored twice. Erin Tong scored one try. One goal. One was kicked by Demi Jones, and Salford led. But then Wakefield hit back. Uh, Emily, Emily, Palila Clark uh, scored with about ten minutes to go. There was a bit of a, you know, onslaught from Wakefield at that point. Uh, but Salford sort of hung out at the end and uh, came up victorious, twenty points to sixteen. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I, I, I know. From last season, listening to to people talk, the Wakefield are actually a decent side, got a really good, well well established ladies side. So that's that's a massive uh, a massive win there. Um, I, I I think it's uh, it, it's absolutely brilliant. I was listening to the interview that Paul did with with Louise um, when you put it out on the on the podcast this week. Um, I was listening to it today, and the excitement she's got. For Somebody who's who's not from rugby league territory, who's got involved with the game and obviously everything else about her, and and you get to know how excited they are, how passionate they are about playing for Salford, about being this this first lady Salford team. It's a landmark, you know, and everything they do is is a first for us, um, and it's phenomenal. And going out and beating a team like Wakefield, and I, I saw the game, uh, the, the result against Wigan. And how close they were. I mean, any, if you push Wigan close at any type of rugby at any level, you've done all right. Um, I, I can't wait. I, I, I can't wait till they're back at the AJ Bell so we can have another double header and, you know, and let everybody else see them. Let, let's see what they can do. Um, but brilliant, yeah. Phenomenal. I'd like to see more of them and uh, hopefully hear from, from them a little bit more. Because um, I'm not being funny listening to Louise and, and then you listen to to mo- your average rugby league player, she she was certainly a class above to interview. Um, she had all the answers, and she was for, for someone who said at the start of the interview that she wasn't that kind of person. She was a quiet, you know, she didn't really have much to say. She came across unbelievably, and um, yeah, I think when you listen to some of the players being interviewed after the game, with all the the I don't know the way they, they sort of fumble through everything. And listening to, to to her and some of you know her colleagues before, 
Brilliant. Let's let's have more. Yeah, Paul, it was a great interview. We've also spoke to Vanessa Hadley as well uh, previously. And, and, you know, both were, were fantastic. Both gave great insight. And I think I feel that the real story is the ladies. I think there's a lot of characters in in that in that squad. And, and I think there's lots to come. Yeah, so do I. And I just hope in the future that we can start having double-headers so we can perhaps get to the matches. I'd love to watch the, the ladies every week. And I'd love to do reports on them. And I'd love to do interviews with them because I think some fantastic characters um, but it's difficult sometimes when you go and watching the blokes team and they're playing at the same yeah. time. So if they can, I mean, I don't know whether it's a problem at the AJ Bell, but say we do end up moving to Moor Lane, I'd have double headers every week. The ladies play early doors or, or whatever, let them play at one o'clock and then or twelve o'clock because I think it'd be a great day for the family. Um, my girls, it seems seem like they they fancy. It. I mean, Imogen's been to two games running now watching Salford, and she can't wait to go Friday night. She finally at the age of 11 she i think she's catching the book now um so uh, i'm i'm dead chuffed with that so uh, so yeah and i think i mean having that ladies team as well i think it's just i think it was just a nudge that she needed to start coming watching the, the men's team because she uh, she's really been enjoying it so uh, so yeah that, that's 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 pleasing for me yes work life Rugby balance. That's what that's what we've got. Trying to try and uh, negotiate. I think my plan is to like oh, get a fixture list and organise days out where they play, and they just happen to be there when we turn up. That's that's my that's my plan. <laughs> what do you think, Paul? I think I'll get away with it. I think so. Yeah, I did it a few years ago when um, I think the reserves played away when we first brought the reserves a couple of years ago at St Helens, and I took the kids to Nolsey Safari Park. I come out of there, and I said. Just go down the road and have a brew. Oh, there's a match on here. <laughs> so we're playing St. Helens away. So, uh, yeah, I think you've got to, I think you've just got to give them time, kids, haven't you? And, you know, the, there's that much now. I mean, when we were kids, there's probably not as much going on as what there is now for kids. I mean, I'm not saying we're all ancient, but you think how much of the distractions that kids have got now in the 80s when we were growing up, it was it was totally different to what it is now, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah, softly, softly. And, yeah, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, so that's all the match reports for this week. And now we're going to look at all the big news coming out of the club this week. So, we'll, as we're all itching to talk, talk about the loans uh, that have occurred this week, we'll start there. Uh, Josh Johnson and Jack Wells have gone to Barrow. Amy, Amy Burra, sorry, has gone to London Broncos. And Margaret Escaray has gone to Wakefield uh, Parker. What do you think of all the, the four players that have gone on loan? Who, who would you have kept? For me, uh, I think I think Jack Wells, one's fit. I think when, when I watched him last year, I was really impressed with him. One of the few players that really caught my eye last year, him, uh, Harvey Levette, uh, Elijah Taylor at, at the start of the year, people like that really you know stood out for me last season. Uh, and then he got he got the injury, and obviously it took him time to get back. But um, I, I'd have kept him because I think looking at our, our sec- second row options, you know, or someone who can come off the bench and cover second row and propping, I think he'd be he'd be ideal if he's fully fit. I mean, I know he's he's gone to Barrow, and he, I watched him play the other night, him him and Josh, and I thought Wellesley was brilliant. I thought he really added to the game and gave Barrow impetus to go on and beat Widness at Widness, which apparently is the third time they've done in 50 years or something. I mean, great, great win for Barrow. But um, he, he was really, really good uh, in a game which was dotted with 
ex-Salford players or current Salford players as well. They were all over the place. Um, and I kept saying, the, the SRA one's a bit of a strange one in terms of, as we were saying before, going off to a rival uh, who, and he will strengthen them. Uh, I find that slightly odd, but again, he, he goes in the shop window. Two Super League teams that may one of them may fancy him. If he's not going to play here, then you know, you don't, don't no point wasting his wages. Um, but yeah, he he was. Uh, I think for me, I think Wells was the one I would have kept. Got him fit and got him in the team as soon as possible to carry on. He's got a lot to offer us. He's he's still only fairly young, um, and with with a few players missing, especially this week as well. But now being out and like I say, we still got no Harvey Levet to go in that back row. Um, I'd have, I'd have probably once he was fit, I'd have stuck him straight in the first team. Yeah, I think Harvey Levet's a while off as well. I spoke to Paul Rowley today, uh, and he said that I think he's um, a he's a while off Levet. I don't think he's he's coming anytime soon, uh, Paul. Obviously, talking about the loan moves, what, what would you do? Would you would you have kept? Would you would you have just agree with Parky, or do you have a different uh, idea there? I agree with what Parky said about the shop window, but I just didn't want to be the one who said it because <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's, it's a bit of an harsh thing to say, but he's right. Um, I feel a bit sorry for Morgan because I think, mm. forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think Ian Watson signed Morgan Escalade. So he's played for two coaches now in Richard Marshall and Paul Rowley. And it doesn't look like he fits in either of the plans. And I was surprised when we <coughs> kept him, to be honest with you. Um, not that I've got anything against him. I think he's a good little player. I think there's, there's flaws to his game where his defence is a bit iffy sometimes, but he's a, no, he's an all-lighted player and he's given us all for the club. But I just didn't understand why we'd, we'd kept him. But I don't know. We'll have to just watch this space and see how it goes. I didn't like the way we loaned him out to a rival. I think if you've got... For me, if you've got a reserve team, it's like when we had the old A-team years ago. You didn't send people out on loan then. They played in the A-team. And I thought that's what that reserve team was for because... Yeah. You're playing against Hull there and you're playing against players in that Hull reserve team who are pushing to get into their Super League team. So you've got the competition there. As for Jack Wells, mm-hmm. I thought he's one of our big, big men. He's probably one of the only big men we've got. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was strange to see him going out on loan. Another one, I need to say this right now, Amir Burrow, I didn't get why, I didn't get why we signed him, to be honest, because we had um, Connor, Connor Asper. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sorry, it's been a long day. We're, I didn't understand why we, we signed Amir Burrow when we had Conor Asper. Because I thought, they're both similar age. Why send him out on loan? It just seemed a strange one to me. But I was impressed with what I saw of Amir Burrow. So I wouldn't mind seeing him in and around the reserve team and in and around pushing for that that, that spot in the first team. Because otherwise, if, if you don't think he's good enough and you've got to send him out on loan, why did you sign him in the first place? To me, if you're signing players, you should mm-hmm. want them players to be playing. Oh, the lights have gone. Oh, you get murdered, Paul. turn the light off. You see, he said like, ah! Some of them stupid plug things. Hang on. Sorry about that. See, gone now, Parker. Never yeah, see him again. So, so, no, so I'm not so sure, but I think it'll be good for Amir to go to, to London yeah. and get that game time under his belt because, uh, you know, London are playing the championship, aren't they? It's a decent standard, that league. It's a good league with a lot of good sides in it. So that could do him the world of good. But I was, when I saw him play against uh, Halifax in that pre-season friendly, I was very impressed with him. I thought he looked really, really good, really sharp. So, um so, yeah, we'll have to see how he goes. Josh Johnson is another one. He's, he's struggling at the moment to get into the team, isn't he? He's another whole-hearted player, though. And um, perhaps that will do him good going there. But, again, I'd like him to play in the reserves. But, obviously, I'm not Paul Rowley, so it's, it's his decision. 
yeah, I spoke to Paul Riley about it, and he kind of said that he, I said to him, is it, you know, you send these players to teams uh, that, you know, play the similar way to us, and he kind of said, no, he just he trusts the the people in charge of these teams at Parky to to you know sort of maintain the standard that that he expects from a Super League side. So that's what it's all about. If he if he thinks that it, the, his players will get a much more rounder quality rugby elsewhere on loan, then that's that's the decision to make. It is. I I, I I'm a little bit. The thing is, we, like Paul said earlier, we haven't got a big squad. But what, you know, these players, I'd rather them be in our group, be, you know, be in our training sessions, be working with our players. Because if we get two or three injuries, they're gonna, these guys are going to have to come back and fit straight in the team. Well, they've been training with another team for two or three weeks, you know, learning different moves, different plays, different players. It, it can't be helpful. Um you know, and like going up to Barrow. I mean, it's not all right. It's not a million miles away, but it's not just round the corner. You know, they've got to travel up there probably to do the training as well, as well as match days. Um, and, and and I'm here going down to London. I, I I find it incredibly strange that because, firstly, London are struggling, really struggling. They're not they're not in a great place at the moment. I don't think playing for them is going to do him any favours because I think they're going to get a few. Um, and that's not going to help him at all. I'd have rather seen him go to a, you know, maybe a Halifax or certainly, you know, obviously a Featherston and a league, but they, that they don't need him at the moment. But that kind of level higher up the league, witness perhaps, um, so you can gain a bit of confidence as well playing in a, in a team that's you know got a chance of winning games. So all in all, I find I find all the longs a little bit confusing. Um, I understand. Other teams get to do it. Saints could do it, but they've got, like they did with us last year, they sent, you know, a couple of players to us, didn't they, Norman and, and, and Davis? But they've got an academy where you can bring players through anyway if you need to use them. We've just not got them options, and I find it, I, I just find it a bit bizarre. I know it's only a couple of weeks or whatever it is, but um, and I've got to say, Paul's just completely knocked my head off of that about Conor Aspie. I completely forgot about the lad. He's done nothing but but impressed me every time I've seen him. And yet we, we let him go out alone at the start of the year. And then the players we brought, or a player that we brought in probably to to cover for, for that, has now gone out on loan as well. So well, what, what are we bothering for? Just give the kid a chance or, or release him. I don't mess him about every year, sending him out on loan. I feel like craziness. But anyway, you know, it's up to the club. It's up to Paul Rowley. He's, he's, he's in charge. The Morgan Esquire one I can see as an exception. Uh, possibly there could be future benefits from that, but the others slightly odd. The only the only good thing is it gives him game time, and that's what Paul Rowley talks about. He wanted he wanted the game time. He'll hear that interview in about ten minutes time, hopefully. Um, other news: first of April, stadium goals cashless. Um, Paul, the future is here. Yeah, well, it's easy, isn't it? Doing contactless car payments for stuff. Um, I don't know why I always like to have a bit of cash in my pocket, mate. I've always been like that, but it, it doesn't <laughs> seem like that anymore, does it? No. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's easy, isn't it? If you forget your wallet or you've not got any change on you or anything, you can just flash your card and get your bank statement at the end of the month. And bloody hell, all them bobbles about it. So far, I've got no money left. 
Bovrels, please. It's uh, it's Costa Coffees, mate. Costa Costa one for me, mate. Yeah, I've not. I've been to Costa Coffee this year nearly every day. Have you? Yeah, I'm collecting it. It's only, it's only a little bit of uh, good goodness I get in the day. So I was driving about on doing it. <laughs> right, light relief. That's what it's all about. Yeah, keeps me awake at the wheel, mate. <laughs> you can still use cash at the ticket office and the half-time draw, draw though, Parky, so you, you can still uh, spend your pennies and hopefully uh, win and win on the, uh, the, the the draw. Yeah, well, um, if the figures are correct, that stadium's been leaving us cashless for a while, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, no, I think... Uh, saying that. Um, yeah, I've got... No, no, it's... Just the way the world is, isn't it? I'm like mm. Paul. I'm I'm a bit old school. I like to have cash in me in my pocket, but actually finding a cash point these days is hard enough. So um, yeah, no, it's just the way the world is, and 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 great. I and mean, hopefully it might speed things up as well because I've been stood in a queue waiting for a brew for a good twenty minutes and missed part of the game because people are trying to sort the cash out and do stuff. Mm. So hopefully it's just a quick. The only trouble is with that if the machine goes down. Nobody's getting anything, so yeah. um, a little what bit of that. but oh, that's technology. Um, but yeah, no, it's just just the way of the world, isn't it? You do it everywhere else, so why not just do it in the ground? Yeah. Other news, uh, Paul. Touch rugby down at Salford City Roosters uh, on the Monday. Three pound a session with Adrian Marley. Uh, it's great. Obviously, the Roosters have this uh, activity uh, for people who like touch rugby. Three pound bargain. Yeah, three pounds to go and do touch rugby with Adrian Moore is an absolute bargain anyway in itself. So uh, you know, he's a, he's a really good fella. So uh, so yeah, and it sounds pretty good touch rugby as well. It's not you've not got the rough stuff of someone absolutely battering, and I bet it's pretty good for your fitness as well. So uh, yeah, I might try that out myself. Cool. Is, is that as well as back to guilt boxing though, Paul? If you're going to do touch rugby, yeah, so it's a lot. Mate. It's a lot yeah. Asking a lot of my body at the moment, mate. It's in bits. This is it. Um, so obviously, Roosters, sort of City Roosters are looking for players, which which, which is great. So obviously, if you you fancy going down, uh, go down there, see what it's all about. Uh, also, Langley the Reds are having a spring clean on the second of April. Uh, so if you want to go down and help them clean their uh, pitch, Parky, that'd be great too. Yeah, I'm glad that we've singled me out for that one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> down the road from it, don't it? It's not not like it. But, uh, no, good, good little setup there and all. We we land with it. Um, yeah, because it, obviously they're setting a, they, they play in a park, not it's mm. you know it's a public park as well, so it's, it benefits the the community, which is which is fantastic. So uh, yeah, from around actually, I might I might uh, might go up and uh, and lend a hand. I can certainly you know me my lamps aren't brilliant, but I'll be able to see some litter on the floor or whatever. So. Um, I'll, yeah, no, I, I, I might give a hand with that, actually. That's, yeah. that's thing. Just a bit of admin, really, from me. We've had a few problems with the uh, Apple podcast uh, feed uh, last week or so. So I suppose if you listen to this, you found us. But if you know people who do listen, who are listening on an Apple device, uh, just let them know uh, that I'm on to Apple and hopefully uh, they'll fix it. And uh, our total audience will be uh, back connected to us, Paul. Yeah, well, I, I've had a, a bit of a bad time tonight. You might have noticed I moved from upstairs to downstairs mm. because you kept you both kept freezing and it would do me any because I didn't I couldn't hear what was going on. So uh, so yeah, I think I'm I'm back connected now. But um, I struggle me with these uh, these electronic devices. <laughs> I really do. 
But, uh, but yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. We need to let the Apple people know that it's working. Yeah. Away from Salford, I just want to announce that Salford City Radio uh, have uh, sort of announced they're going to do a crowd funder. Uh, they want to raise £20,000 to keep the station on air. Paul, me and you do the Sports Zone on, on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Uh, we've been there for six years now. Um, it, we, you know, it's been fantastic. We've learned so much. Uh, yeah. We've become better podcasters slash radio presenters uh, in that process. They've provided training for us as well, give us an opportunity. Yeah. It's a you know a fantastic thing, and I really hope uh, the people of Salford and our listeners can can help and donate uh, to keep the station on on air. Yeah, too right. Yeah, I mean, God, when I met you, Rob, and before I started doing that radio, I I'd never dreamed of being able to like do podcasts and reporting and stuff like that every week or or interviewing players and all that. I mean, I was always like a really quite a quiet person, really. It's made me boilers and, and that's it. So I can't really thank you and the radio people that's on radio for taking a chance on me and like you said, the training that we've received there. And I just wish we could. Hopefully in the future, get back in the studio, you know, and, and, and get around the studio on a Tuesday because it was great when we used to go in and, and all be in the same room and, you know, the light came on and it was live. And we had guests in there, didn't we? We had, you know, we had, we had Paul King in there, Andy Mazer, Steve Moyes come down from Swinton, didn't we? We had some really good, good, um, good like sessions in there, didn't we? So I wish we could get back to doing that again. But no, if you can help solve the radio, I think it's... I don't know how many people listen to Solver Radio, but it's, it's big in the community, isn't it? And, um, you know, people sort of rely on that and, and listen to it. So let's hope it keeps going. Yeah, if, you can, if you're a long-time listener and you can remember the first two seasons of this podcast and then you can remember and you listen to this podcast now and you can hear and see the difference that 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 we're able to produce uh, i can't thank salford city radio enough for, for what they've they've done for me you know providing training and 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 all kinds of things to help me become a better um, anchor on on any show so yeah hopefully like i said we'll 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 get a lot of donations in uh, and we can expand and we can get better and bigger and and, and that's what it's all about because obviously parker it services the city and it services the people and hopefully it'll it'll grow and grow yeah, well, funnily enough, going back, I don't know, 10 years, probably more, uh, Paul McNally, who at the time worked for the club and myself, were the, uh, were the first two people to go live after six o'clock on Salford Radio. Uh, before that, it was all pre-recorded stuff. And every Wednesday, we had a rugby hour. And me, and, me and Paul McNally did that for a while. Uh, and and, and it, was, it was good. And like Paul said, I, I, I never, you get in the studio and you're like, Wow, this is a studio. You know, this is happening. It goes red, and you're talking to the population live. It was it was a strange thing, but it, it was really good. And we had a few people on there. I remember Paul Hyten coming in for an interview, and a few others. Uh, it's a great community service, it really is. Uh, sad to, sad to see it struggling, but obviously, I dare say, it suffered from you know uh, local government cutbacks and that kind of thing, which are inevitable, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to see what, what, what events can do. And if we can help in any way, I'm sure we will. Yeah, so please donate if you can. I've put the links up on the on the Facebook page and the Twitter page. Uh, and hopefully we can get to the 20,000 quid. And then uh, we can uh, grow and grow and, and obviously become an even bigger presence in the community. Other news, uh, a final bit of news, is one of our supporters, Joe uh, Beglet, uh, and his and his friend has uh, has gone uh, to Ukraine to drop off supply, supplies. Uh, Parker, um, tremendous effort uh, from him. 
Uh, we've we've watched the news, you know, 24 hours a day. There's a lot going on, and um, for him to to go and and take supplies down there is a is a what an effort, what a courageous effort. Uh listen, I mean, you know, you know, I know we're here talking sport and everything, but there is a you know a much bigger world out there, isn't there? And the and the current plight of people in in the Ukraine, as as we've all seen, is you know absolutely shocking. But for somebody to to make that effort, the, the pair of them, you know, they they, they raised, uh, I think, I think they raised five or six grand for supplies. You know, they, they wanted to set out to just just get a couple of grand. They, they easily exceeded that, and then they've drove all the way across Europe uh, through, you know, through Poland into Ukraine to drop off these these supplies for these people who are who are being left with absolutely nothing at the moment. And well, I mean, you know, we all we all think watching. Rugby league players are heroes. You know what these lads have just done is is more than that, um, and nothing but respect from anyone who knows Joe. Knows he's he's a real character. You know he's he's a good lad, um, and it, you know a, a funny guy. But they, I, I watched a video with him today, and he was he was emotional about what what had happened, what he'd seen, and um, you know more power to him. And you know hopefully the club could could give him a. You know, a shout out in the future, just just to say thanks from from well from everybody really. That without people like him and his mate making these efforts, you know, these people are really going to suffer. And uh, he, he's great, and he's you know, like I say, he's a he's a, he's a good lad, and uh, that's that's some that's some effort that. Yeah, he does get his leg pulled, whether he's a, a red or a blue in the football. Uh, we do I do see it quite a lot on the, on the Facebook. But Paul, you know what what a what a kind thing to do. Obviously, with with everything going on, it's you know to to decide one day to organise that and 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 take you know to the, take it to the people who really need it. You know, is is a legend. What can you say? Yeah, certainly. And I mean, it takes a bit of bravery, that, doesn't it, to, to drive across there. I mean, these we were saying before, what are these Russians? They don't seem like, like they're bothered about who they bomb. It, it just seems a bit, I don't know, it's a bit, a bit lawless at the moment over there. And I know wars tend to be like that, don't they? But, you know, just hope they get back safely and, um, you know, all the other people who are doing, you know, these sorts of journeys, that's off to them because it's an incredible amount of bravery to go and do something like that, you know. It really is. I mean, I've not watched a lot of television because I'm, I'm, I'm usually on the road, so I don't see a lot of it on the news and that. But I, I was in the gym last Sunday and I was having a run, and they have a telly on in front of me. It was showing, without getting too political on that, it was showing stuff from from Ukraine and, and, and I can't believe what these poor people are going through. And when you see them getting split up from the parents, you know, dads going off to fight and the kids crying and all that. And I was thinking, blimey, can you imagine that that was in the UK and that was us going through it? You can't really imagine it. I was telling my kids about, you know, when they're moaning about something, you think, those poor kids over there, what they're what they going through, no one should have to go through that. So, so yeah, it, you know, my heart's are with those people over there. It's, it's awful. And I hope it gets resolved. I really do before, you know, more lives get lost. It's terrible. Yeah, obviously, you know, everything going on. I'm not quite sure how it, how it ends. Uh, but, you know, Joe's there. You know, great, great effort for him, getting all the gear over there. And uh, safe journey back, Joe. And uh, we'll see you when you get back. So that's all the uh, the news uh, this week, and now we're going to look and see what's happening in the world of rugby uh, with Paul. Hey 
Kicks Devil in Detail Amateur Report and the National Conference was back at the weekend. I'll give you all the uh, the scores and the fixtures for next week and that will start off with the National Conference Premier Division on Saturday. Egremont Rangers nil, Hunslet Cup Parkside at 28. Lee Minor Rangers 22, Pilkington Rex 4. Rochdale Mayfield had a good win. They beat York Acorn 36 points to 10. Dato Heath Crusaders 32, Siddle 14. Thornhill Trojan 6, Westhull 24 and Wathbrow Hornets 36, Lock Lane 20. In Division 1, Featherstone Lions against Kells was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Milford 16, Alton Raiders 30. Might and Warriors against Saddleworth Rangers was postponed for a waterlogged pitch. Skirlar 10, Hull Dockers 8, West Bowling 24, Stanley 16, Wigan St. Pat's 28, in Trosbridge 14. In Division 2, Crossfields 28, Barrow Island 18. Dewsbury Celtic 18, Bradford Dudley Hill 10. Hewitt and Dewsbury Moore Rooms was postponed for a waterlogged pitch. Hunslet 30, Beverly 14. Normanton Knights 22, Wigan St. Jude 10. And Wollstone Rovers 20, Clockface Miners 24. In Division 3, Batley Boys 22, Millam 0. Bentley 24, Hensingham 6. East Leeds 48, Drillington 0. Lee East 24, Shawcross Sharks 22. And Seaton Rangers 42, Eastmoor Dragons 0. And finally, Waterhead Warriors beat Oldham St. Anne's in the Oldham Derby 24 points to 4. The fixtures for this week, Saturday the 12th of March. In the Premier Division, Hunslet Club Parkside faced Thato Heath Crusaders. Pilkington Rex are home to Egremont Rangers. Siddle play Lee Minor Rangers. Wathbrow Hornets are at home to Thornhill Trojans. Rochdale Mayfield travel to West Hull. York Acorn face Lock Lane. In Division 1, Hull Dockers play the Wigan St. Pat's. Intros Bridge at home to Milford. Kells against West Bowling. Alton Raiders entertain Featherstone Lions. Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Skirlaw. And Stanningley face Mighton Warriors. In Division 2, Barrow Island face Hunslet Warriors. Beverly at home to Normanton Knights. Bradford Dudley Hill face Hewith. Clock face Miners are at home to Dewsbury Celtic. Dewsbury Moor Maroons are at home to Crossfields. And Wollstone Rovers entertain Wigan St. Jude's. And finally, in Division 3, Drillington play Lee East. Eastmoor Dragons are at home to East Leeds. Hensingham face Seaton Rangers. Millham are at home to Waterhead Warriors. Oldham St. Anne's face Batley Boys and Shaw Cross Sharks are at home to Bentley. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League Division 1 on Saturday the 5th of March. Berry Broncos 4, Folly Lane 26. In Division 2, Caddy Z Rhinos beat the West Horton Lions by 22 points to 12. Roos Pioneers 14, Salford City Roosters 30. In Division 3, Holton Sims Cross 6, Rochdale Mayfield a 12. In Division 4, South and East, Langworthy Reds. 20, Burton Woodbridge 56 and the Waterhead Warriors A beat Burton Wood Chargers by 22 points to 10. The fixtures for Saturday the 12th of March, Division 1, Folly Lane at home to Charlie Panthers, Ulverston face Berry Broncos, Division 2, West Bank Bears are at home to the Salford City Roosters, Warnley Central are at home to Caddy's Head Rhinos and Wigan St. Pat's A face West Horton Lions. In Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield A at home to Colchester Eagles. Division 4, South and East, it's Burton Wood Chargers against Oldham St. Anne's A, Langworthy Reds at home to Higginshaw, Waterhead Warriors A at home to the Clockface Miners A, and finally there's a couple of fixtures in Division Five: Preston and South Ribble Rabbitohs are at home to the Bolton Mets. In Student Rugby League, there is a couple of fixtures this week on Wednesday, the 9th of March, in the Northern Conference Cup of the University of Sheffield face Manchester. Uh, in the Premier Division of College Rugby League, Salford Red Devils A are at home to Cronton Sixth Form. In women's rugby leagues, a couple of results for you. Uh, Sunday, the 6th of March, in Division 2, Batley 38, Manchester Uni 6. And the University, the ladies are back in action this week on Sunday, the 13th of March, when they're home to Liverpool Uni. 
And finally this week, we'll turn our attention to life outside the Super League for the Championship and also the Challenge Cup as well. We've got quite a busy uh, busy hour to report this week and, and life outside the Super League as we call it as well. So in the Betfred Championship, it was round five at the weekend. There the results, Bradford Bulls 21, Batley Bulldogs 20. A late drop goal there from Jordan Lilly with 10 minutes to go, won the game for Bradford Bulls. Featherston Rovers, they were made to work in their match against Halifax Panthers. They were trailing 6-4 at half-time. Panthers give a great account of themselves, but Featherston just edged it with a couple of late tries from uh, from um, Craig Hall, it was, who got the tries. Featherston 22, Halifax 12. Lee Centurions continue their match. They beat Newcastle Thunder by 34 points to 18. London Broncos were really unlucky. They were beaten at home to York City Knights by 26 points to 24. A bit of a comeback there from London, just couldn't quite get over the line. Whitehaven Warriors had a good win. They beat Dewsbury around 40 points to 12. And Sheffield Eagles went away from home to Workington to Derwent Park and beat Workington Town by 54 points to 4. There was a fixture last Monday in the Challenge Cup, the fourth round. Lee Centurion's beat Witness Vikings 38 points to 4. So the fixtures for this weekend, the Challenge Cup is back on. It's round 5. Gets underway on Saturday um, in the, the the Cup Round 5. It's North Wales Crusaders versus Sheffield Eagles. That is a 1.30 kickoff, and that game is on the Hour League. You better watch that on there. On Sunday, Barrow Raiders at home to Workington Town. That's a BBC game at 1 o'clock. Massive game. That big Cumbrian derby. That's going to be a ding-dong derby, that one. Uh, Batley Bulldogs are at home to Featherstone Rovers. That's at 3pm. That's on the Sportsman. I think that's online. You can watch that one. Whitehaven face York City Knights at 3 o'clock. And finally, I'm out of breath here. On Monday the 14th of March on Premier Sports, Bradford Bulls face Lee Centurions. That is also a round five game. So looking forward to round six when the Super League sides come in. So that's all I've got for you this week. Take care, have a good week, and hopefully see you at Salford on Friday night for Salford's fixture with Hawking Some Rovers. Bye-bye. So that was the the, that was the uh, amateur report and the World Rugby report with Paul. And just before we go to the match previews, uh, Paul, the University of Manchester won the Northern Conference Cup today. They beat Sheffield 16 points to 12. Great result uh, for the uh, University of Manchester, lads. Yeah, certainly is. That that beat me. That, when I did my amateur report, that, that result had not come in. So, uh, so yeah, congratulations to him. And, uh, yeah, what, what a win. What a great win. Yeah, obviously, University of Rugby be... Paul, Pakistan is is a really big thing. Obviously, these these players, um, Tyrone McCarthy came through the university system, so it shows that you know there is a possible route into the professional uh, sport. Yeah, and it's nice to see that uh, you know obviously Manchester's gone on and won something. We uh, we do struggle in the in this region, you know, all the time at amateur level to get players playing and. Certainly going off and winning things, so that's you know that's that's phenomenal because these guys obviously play for Manchester, come from all over, um, but to represent you know the, the northwest, I suppose it is it, really good. And uh, I know Sheffield Uni, I don't know if, if it's you know which, which part of it is, but has uh, always had a decent rugby league set up. Um, so that's that's a great result, good to good to see, and. Uh, you know more of it. I, I know the rugby the, the rugby league game at, at university has been sorry about that uh, has been um, growing and growing for for years. You know it used to be a handful really. Uh, always struggled with the the influence of, of rugby union in in sort of that kind of education, but uh, it's grown massively now. And obviously we see each year the Salford and, and Manchester universities have their their, their sort of derby game, um, which is which is always good and well fought. So no, but well done to Manchester, and uh, you know, let, let, let's hope they can carry it on.
Yeah, try scorers, uh, Tom Collin, Josh Malcolm, Callan Drewby and uh, Kirker Ulrich. And he uh, didn't kick any goals, but team was victorious. So happy days. Well done, uh, Manchester. And a uh, great win for them. So uh, that's the... Uh, that's the chat about the uh, what's going on in the world of rugby. And now we're going to look forward to uh, the big games this week for both our sides. It's time on the double of the details. Big match review. So we'll start with the ladies' team. They face Wigan St. Pat's uh, Paul this week at Salford City Roosters. Um, be a, it'll be a good game. Obviously, Salford going into that confident after last week's uh, win. Well, yeah, certainly as we as we said before, to, to be a, an established Super League club like Wakefield, who I, I wouldn't profess to be an absolute expert on women's rugby league, but I've seen Wakefield, you know, on the games on Sky, I've seen St. Helens, Wigan, Leeds, and the Casford and the, the Ladies Challenge Cup, and. These sides are uh, established, aren't they? And I think Salford Ladies have done tremendously well there. This game at the weekend is another another um, test for them as well. But all these games that they're playing, they're going to stand them in good stead for next season when they play in that championship where they're playing fixtures every week. So I think they'll be using these games as, as a springboard, really, for going into next year and building momentum, as we've already said. They, all the ladies are absolutely buzzing. I mean, I'm following loads of them now on Twitter and uh, just seeing what they put. Because I think it just makes you positive. The, the positive feeling that they've spread this season. I think it's been great and uh, we've got to use that as a club now um, to go forward. I think it's great that we're in we're in the news for uh, for good stories and, and things that are happening. So, uh, so yeah, so I wish them all the best this week. Another big game for them. Yeah, I had a, I had a quick uh, look down the Wigan St. Pat's uh, squad. Uh, Chloe Mayers, he, she was their uh, most improved player in 2021. Uh, Emma Garden, uh, Maria Beverington's the captain. Um, I think they've got a, quite a good supply line as well. They've got under 16s, under 18s, Parky. So uh, they're they're a, they're a good club who who have invested in the women's game. Yeah, like I said earlier, anytime you you play any Wigan team, you know you you're up against their rugby league. It's, it's what they do, isn't it? It's, you know, it's what Wigan's about, really. Um, yeah, and, and obviously St. Pat's as a club is, is has always been a great club. You know, produced some great players, certainly, you know, uh, in, in the male game, but in the female uh, as well now. Um, so it will be a real test. And the good thing is, like Paul said there, I think going on to it now, it was OK having that one-off against Swinton. And then, yeah. A little bit of time to adjust and get back to things, you know, do a bit. Of... Now it's back to back, and this is where it counts when you have to wake up Monday morning and and see how your body feels. These girls are going to work or you know studies or wherever they're going, you know they're not full time professionals. That's this is where it really counts. And next season, this this will you know this will be happening all the time. So it's good to prepare them for that. I know a lot of them have played before. They've been playing the game for a while, but. Um, to see how they react and, and, you know, move on to the next game. And it, it may work that they, they can't wait, you know. And uh, like we said before, it's really exciting times for them. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's hope they can uh, get a win this weekend. Yeah, they finished, Wigan finished third in Division 1 behind Featherstone and as Alton. Uh, but they did beat Featherson in 2016, so shows that they have, you know, they've got some 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 good uh, sort of ladies in that squad. It kicks off at 2:30 down at the Roosters, so if you can get down there, support the ladies, uh, Paul, and hopefully they'll be, a, you know, be recording the second win on the spin. 
What day is it, Rob? Is it Sunday or Saturday? Sunday. It's Sunday. Same same day as us again, isn't it? So it's uh, going to be difficult. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. Wish them all the best. Like like Parky said, it's it's a test now for them to to back things up. Uh, Wigan St. Pat's great club, aren't they? You know, uh, some of the players that have come through there, and you know, in, in the male game particularly. I mean, how many we have from Wigan St. Pat's over the years that play for Salford? So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be another test. You know, they're an established championship club and they, this is what they're going to be getting next season. So it's going to stand them in good stead for next year. And uh, yeah, hope they get the result on Sunday. Yeah, two tries from Lucy McKeown uh, for Salford this week. Obviously, she must be in fine form getting over the line two tries. If they can give her ball, uh, she knows where the line is. Parky, she'll score the tries. Yeah, well, the, the strange thing, I've looked up the ladies' team. I actually did it today. I looked it up on the uh, on the Reds' website, and the, you know they're all like the photos and there. There's no profile. Yeah, I'm really sure what position everybody plays at the moment, and that's that's something I'm going to have to you know I'm going to go down and watch, and and that'll obviously help me. But um, although in my eyes, probably not. Um, but yeah, I mean that needs that needs sorting a little bit, just so we know who's who. Um, I'm starting to get the, you know, to know the names and so on. Like Paul said from from Twitter, you know, reading the the tweets after the one last week and putting on the video of the, you know, the, the song and all that after the game, the victory song. It was, it, it was great to see. It's good to see that they're all buzzing. Um, but I just need to work out who's who and who plays where. Yeah, I think we all kind of have to do that a little bit. Park, if you can't get down, hopefully uh, we'll, be, we'll be seeing footage because that's obviously, you know, it's a, it's a big story there. Really. Let's be honest with ourselves uh, at the club and hopefully uh, the club will invest in it. And, and I know the, the first game against Swinton was on, well, the highlights were on on Twitter. I think the, some of the girls did a kind of a evaluation of it, didn't they? Looked at the tries and stuff. So hopefully uh, we'll get a bit more of that on the RDTV in the next few weeks, uh, Paul. Yeah, definitely, definitely. As you said, there it has been a, a big story. It's been a good news story as well. I think it's it's been a lot, very positive. I think it's positive for the whole club as a whole, not just for the, the ladies to see us in a positive light like that. And but I love it. I love seeing it on Twitter. I love seeing that victory song that they did and all that. And it was great. So uh, so yeah, just hope they keep keep winning now. But I think next season to be established and playing in a league, I think then you've got that that competitiveness week in week out, haven't you? And you've got that. I think you've got that goal to aim for, then, haven't you? Not being bold at saying they're going to be in a Super League the year after, but it's there then. It's there for you to aim at and you've got the target there. So, uh, so yeah, best of luck. Yeah, so let's talk about the whole KR game on Friday night. I spoke to Paul Rowley, pre-match press conference, sorry, uh, and this is what I had to say. All right, Paul, you OK? Hi, Rob. Yeah. Your team worked hard last week and the heads didn't drop against a good Huddersfield team. You must take confidence from that. Um, yeah, well, we, we know we already know that. So we, we, we know we're going to give 100% every week. We, we've already said that at the beginning. That's a minimum standard. So I think it'd be, I'd be a lot more comfortable if we didn't have to be as uh, good in our scramble and never giving up uh, if we get the things right in the first place. So um, there were quite a bit to fix up. Uh, as I pointed out, post-match, uh, before I knew the actual stats, that obviously the stats came through later, and I were quite right in thinking that uh, the the stats probably suggest we should have been beat up by about sixty points. So um, yeah, I've kind of seen a similar game on the NRL this morning with uh, Manly and Penrith. Uh, Penrith have, have just uh, basically uh, beat Manly up for for eighty minutes, but Manly never gave in, and it's kind of a similar similar uh, replication, albeit. I yeah, 
was it best meat made the best meat they've ever made and the best more best carries they've ever had something like that was it well yeah I'm, i've not pinned it on my wall as something that i want to keep reminding myself no. of yeah i think they were pretty good whatever they were yeah it's obviously it's a short turnaround uh, this week um how do you do things differently um, well, we just focus on ourselves. Um, obviously, others feel we're very good. So, uh, um, but we, we've got to focus on ourselves, and this is a short turnaround. So you don't really get a chance to to train or or, or do much because obviously bodies were sore, uh, and and all them stats meant um, as we expected that we put a lot of effort and energy into it. So it's important that we uh, you know we've got a mental challenge this week to to be. To be, uh, you know, to be energized and and uh, and bounce bounce back. Yeah, obviously, you said the bodies were sore. Did you think twice about sending the players out on loan that you did? Um, well, again, apart from Morgan, and then it wasn't yours. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, the the boys uh, on loan, they're, they're 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 fine. They're all right. We've got we've got covering them positions, so we're good. Did you choose the clubs they went to because they play similar style to us? Not really. Uh, Barrow, I have a good friendship with Paul Crary. Uh, I've sent players there before, like Joe Bullock and Chris Ankinson, uh, who were mine at the time. So, uh, and he's, he's, he's a brilliant coach and, and great friend. So I trust him. I trust their environment. Uh, and I knew they were playing Witness, which was on Sky. So I could watch the game and Witness are good. So it was a good challenge for them. So they wanted to play uh, and they weren't going to play for us um, that week. And I've got cover even if I need them this week. So, uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's a, it's a game. It's the only game I know where we, we can't facilitate players to play. So um, it's, it's difficult to, to get to get people out. But the longer you sit them down, the less likely they're, they're going to be ready. So at some point, you've got to roll the dice. Yeah, hook out this week at home. Good to be back playing in front of the Soul fans at the AJ Bell. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to being back. It's been a couple of weeks now, so uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's always good to be at home and want to obviously want to put, put on performance on and uh, uh, a good display for for the uh, the supporters. Yeah, final one from me. What challenges do you face when playing Hull Kingston Rovers, uh, and where will the key battles be? Uh, challenges, yeah, they expect the unexpected. Uh, they have a lot of offloads. They've got some strong ball carriers in uh, Sean Kenny Dowell in particular on uh, his left, our right. Uh, Mikey Edwards on our left, their right, who's a, a runner, uh, scores tries. So, um, yeah, the, uh, they, they, they've got a good team, you know, so they'll uh, they, they'll challenge us in, uh, in ways that we might not be expecting. So quite unpredictable. Um, you know, I think last last game the uh, they did two short dropouts, for example. So a little unorthodox in their approach. So uh, yeah, it could could provide for uh, an entertaining game. Um, but you know, we've got to be uh, proactive, not reactive. Brilliant, Paul. Good luck. Cheers. Thank you. So that's Paul Rowley, uh, Parker talking to me. Um, in the pre-match press conference and he was obviously you know looking forward to the contest talked about how Hull KR kind of play off the cuff and, and how we're going to have to deal with that yeah seen over the last year or so with Tony Smith in charge there they, they do play off the cuff um, and when it comes off it can it can be spectacular it really can a couple of games last year where they beat teams and uh, the, the performance was electric really is Um but, but like us, it can be hit and miss. If you want to keep the ball alive, you're going to make mistakes, which is, you know, we've done 
numerous times already this year. Um, I think it's going to be a really open game. I don't think any team's going to sit back and just just defend this. Uh, and re- in recent years, I think most of our games against Rovers have been pretty entertaining. There's certainly been tr- plenty of tries scored. So um, it's a big test, but it's one we've got to be up for. Uh, I'm, uh, as I said earlier, it's a home game, so we've got to go out and win. Um, you know, there's no... Otherwise, the, the first win against Cass meant nothing if we were just going to throw away home games. So, um, a real test. You know, we, we're not obviously not in great shape just to, from the last two games, but um, I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. I hope the weather stays as it has the last couple of days, nice and bright during the day. So, it's, you know, a dry pitch because the last time we were at home, let's be honest, um, uh, it, it couldn't have got any further away from a dry match. Um, but this, yeah, this is going to be, I think, really entertaining, and I think we'll see some points scored. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I tried to talk to Paul Rowley to trying to see if you know, with a big game in his head. And Paul, he wasn't, he wasn't really getting drawn into it. He kind of just said it's like every other game. The players have to be focused. They've got to, make, you know, do the do the right things, and that will get the result. Yeah, one thing I've noticed about Paul Rowland his press conferences so far this season, now we've been able to go to him in person rather than doing him on the Zoom thing, he's quite a calm person, really. He doesn't seem to get flustered. He didn't against all, he didn't against Huddersfield. And he's quite protective of his players as well. I mean, he's not going to come in there and, and, and like Pack said before, he'd probably give him the rounds of the kitchen on Monday and flog him to death at training. But he's quite protective in the press conference. And I, I think he's keeping his cards close to his chest. This is a big game this against OKR. They've not had the best start to the season. They've lost three out of four. They've had a tough start. Though. They played Wigan and Saints at home and Huddersfield as well. So away from all, I think that was. So, um, so yeah, he's one of those. I don't think he wants to pile too much pressure on his players. He wants them to go out and let, and let their rugby league do the talking. So um, I can understand you know, Paul being a bit cagey. Yeah, I think he's the, he's the first coach we've had for a while that has been a head coach before Paul mm-hmm. and I, I can see the difference that that experience sort of gives him in that situation in a press conference or an interview when uh, Ian Watson and Richard Marshall maybe were that like you said didn't have the, the cards that close to the chest uh, when, when talking to the press No I think what used to wear is that on his sleeve um, same with Richard Marshall really both Good guys to talk to. I mean, I think with uh, with Paul Rowley, he he's got a very dry sense of humour as well, hasn't he, Paul Rowley? He's quite funny, and um, I've, I've noticed when you ask him a question, he takes about five minutes to answer it. He, he goes into which is good. He goes into real depth about stuff, and not saying that Watts or does it. Ian Watts and Richard Marshall both knew the game inside out, and as does Paul Rowley. And um, no, he, I think he's a good coach, Paul. I think he's. We need to give him a chance this season, don't we? And um, I know a few supporters got his back at the weekend and after that game against Suddersfield. And you yeah, give the guy a chance. I think his heart's in the right place. And you know, speaking to him after that cast game, he wants us to do well this season. He knows. I mean, it's funny. I can remember Paul Rowley getting sent off against uh, Salford when he played for Lee. So, uh, you know, the, he's gone full <laughs> circle now. I think he's um, he's bought into the club. He's been there a few years now, hasn't he? And I think he's really bought into Salford and, uh, you know, feels like he's one of us. Yeah, when you talk about coaches going into uh, detail, uh, Paul, I always remember Ian Watson when he was in Wakefield when he was talking about body shapes. And me and you just nodding along, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Didn't have a clue what he was talking about, like, but, uh, but yeah, coaches. Yeah, you know, they, they, he does say he's a, he's a student of the game and, and he and he looks deeply into it, and that, that's what you want, don't you? you want a coach who, who who will analyze every little bit to to get that extra one percent out of his players. 
I think a lot of coaches are like that these days. I think Richard Marshall was like that. Just talking about Wattle there, he was like that. I mean, he really was a student in the game, wasn't he? Stayed up all night watching videos, and, and I think that's brilliant, Matt. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of Solver supporters, you know, seem to have a bit of a grudge against Wattle, but oh, we wished him good luck, didn't we, after last week for the season. I hope he does well at Huddersfield because he still thinks he's a decent bloke. Um, but, yeah, the, the body shapes. <laughs> I didn't really know what he was on about his passing positions and all that but that those are the one pointers that, that they look at that you know Paul Rowe will be watching the game on Sky the Thursday night game won't he? he'll be looking at stuff like that they watch they I think they watch the game totally different to how we watch it don't they and um, you know you know pick things up and you know uh, the, there's an it's not a simple game we believe it's a it can be a complicated game there's a lot to get right isn't there in it you know it's not just five driving a kick like it may, might have been in the, the sort of years ago it's it, there's a lot of uh, technical stuff there yeah, I'm going to park. I'm going to test your hooky eye knowledge here. Who's your, who do we look out for? Who's the danger people? Uh, well, I would have said Brad Takarangi, but clearly not playing. Um, nope. Been uh, demoted, should we say? Uh, obviously, Hall on the wing. Uh, Sean Kenny Dow, who's mm-hmm. been a phenomenal player throughout his career. Um, and Mikey Lewis, their their young halfback. This this kid's got real talent, um, and. To be honest, can create or score from anywhere. He's going to be a real threat um, going up against Sneed and, and Croft. Um, but they've got some big forwards, which again is going to be a test for us because we haven't really. Um, but they, like we said earlier, they're a team that likes to keep the ball alive and, uh, and chance around. Their offload game is, is as good as anybody's. Um, so there's a lot, a lot to watch. But out wide on that side, I think obviously, like I say, Kenny Dowell. He's, uh, he's a strong player, you know, obviously an international. He, he, he's been brilliant. And, and Ryan Hall, but we've known since, you know, I don't know how long, when he was at Leeds and, and everything. He's come back from Australia, got himself right, and he, he's been brilliant for all okay, uh, scoring tries for fun. Um, so he's, he's a real threat if you get the ball that wide. Um, but, yeah, they, they've got a few players. But Mikey Lewis is a, is a, is a kid that I, I hope... I hope for the future he gets international caps because from what I've seen of him so far, he looks a, a little bit of a phenomenon and, uh, you know, he, he's going to be the one to watch. Yeah, no Lachlan Cooters either. Uh, Paul, that's uh, a blow for them and a plus for us. Yeah, that's right. They, they've got some good players. So, I mean, I like the look of that Matt Parcel. I think he always works really hard. He's one to watch. And there's another that guy who plays sort of centre come second row, Kane Lynette. He scores. He scored against us a few times and done us a few times. So uh, he'll he'll be one to watch as well. Uh, who else was I thinking of? Okay, okay. Trying to think. There's another guy I was thinking of. I think Parcells. Jordan Abdul for me. Yeah, yeah, Abdul. I, I like that Mikey Lewis. I think he's okay. He's only young and he's pretty raw. Mm. Uh, but he's a decent player. Him. Um, and there's the guy, the lad that they had uh, signed from Swindon, Frankie Holton. He impressed me when I've seen him. He's done an awful lot of tackling him. He's a real big, real worker. I think he's stats and his stats from last week, and he, he put some some tackling in. So he'll be one to watch as well. Talking about predictions, uh, I predicted on the Red Robin podcast that Salford would win nineteen eighteen. Uh, Sneed drop goal. So there's my prediction for this week. What about you, Packet? Uh, again, I think it'll be fairly close, but um, I'm going to go for us to edge it because we need to respond. Um, Rovers have lost a couple of players um, I'll, I'll probably go 26-20 26-20 
Okay. And what about you, Paul? Um, I've gone 18-14 to Salford. 18-14. So we're all pretty close there, aren't we? We're looking mm-hmm. not a high-scoring game, 20 points, Parker. I mean, it could be it could be a lot of points. I don't think there'll be a lot between the two. So if we mm-hmm. scored 30, it wouldn't surprise me if they scored 26. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be that kind of game. We score, they score. Uh, like I say, the conditions are dry. Both teams want to throw the ball about because... As we know, there's no point us trying to bully him through the middle because it's not going to happen. And their natural style of playing under Tony Smith has been that offload. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be, like I said before, it'd be a really entertaining game. And uh, it, could, it could go either way. I just I just fancy us to respond um, a little bit of kick up the pants this week. And uh, and fingers crossed, as it, as I say, as we're at home, it uh, gives it you know a bit more of a springboard against it to relaunch the season. Yeah, so that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Uh, Paul, another great show. Yeah, yeah, you can ask me if there's a story behind my 18-14. Is there a story behind that? Well, I backed King, King V, my favourite oh, forward. Right. I backed okay. him to score a brace at 100 oh. to 1. So he's 100 to 1 with Sky, but scored two tries. So he's going to get both the tries for us. Probably put a pound on, but you never know, do you? Always bet responsibly, <laughs> like Paul. Yeah. Yeah, putting a pound on here and there, yeah. <laughs> yeah have you got any uh, any uh, accumulators you want to tell me about, uh, Parky, that's, uh, you know, don't, not as don't scary get, as that? Don't drink, don't smoke, don't gamble. I don't do an awful lot, to be perfect. <laughs> not at the same time. <laughs> not a bet for a while, and, and certainly not on Salford, because he's, if there's one team that will have let you down one way or the other, if you back, back them, they'll, they'll, they'll get beat. And if you back against them... Uh, you know they go and win so um, yeah no I, I avoid betting on Salford and I've done for a while funny story talking about betting my brother-in-law's brother uh, bet against Salford played Bradford away would have been about 11 years ago you might know this Paul might just and um, he put 100 quid on Salford to lose to, to lose uh, and Salford ended up winning Aaron was jumping over down and he was sat in bits <laughs> Wasn't that so the game where we'd not won? We'd not won there for years. We'd not yeah. won there since that late eighties, had we? Eighty-seven, I think we, we yeah. won the stay up, didn't we? Yeah, and we we'd not won there for a long, long time, had we? Yeah, I, I think I can remember that. I mean, I, I backed. Um, I shouldn't say this, but when we played Cass away last year, I backed Cass, um, and I put about twenty quid on Cass for them. We went and won seventy points. <laughs> <laughs> I think I backed Cass on the start, and I thought. No, I think I think what it was, Casper had a start, you know, because he rested a few players, and I didn't know he rested players, so I backed him on the on the start. I think Casper Hammer was at well the role, won't they? We got seventy points, so so no, I don't I don't bet on Salford anymore on the score, but like, I, I still do the first try scorer sometimes and stuff like that. Yeah, don't forget bet responsibly and yeah. uh, enjoy this this uh, podcast. So I've been Rob Parkson. Big thanks for tuning in. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD, SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you next week.